Welcome to another uh, fun-filled episode of a riveting episode. the Music Swords Podcast. As always, I'm Scoot Magoo. I'm Jim Jam. And, oh boy, do we have a fun episode today. <laughs> I mean, fun, fun is a broad word. It can mean a lot of different things. And I certainly think it encompasses what's about to unfold. Um, we really enjoyed last year. It was a new thing for us where we talked about uh, music-related books. And uh, we... We did a few that were centered more around um, like music history, obviously the one specific to uh, Joy Division, one about uh, modern classical. Um, so we thought for the first one, just when we were tossing around ideas, let's do something completely different. And then just like <laughs> just like in, in high school or whatever, we would do a sort of book report <laughs> in a way or like a book project after. Um, so is, book... is this our? I, I didn't think this was our thought process going into this, but it was kind of my thought process. Is uh, that it, it, might, it might be fun to do something, to, or, or I mean, when you suggested it, I, I figure that's what you meant. Is that it, it might be? Uh, no, I so I, I mean, should should I explain my side of this or? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I think uh, I I gave you a list of books that I thought was yeah. interesting, and you picked this one. Yeah. Well, I I was looking through them, and I'm like, they all look really cool. And then the and then the idea was like, I came to me, I was like what if we uh you know added on to this in our own way uh specifically you know i, I mean i l- l- let's just you can see it in the title we're we're talking about um how to write one song by jeff tweedy um and we i i mean we, we both thought it'd be really funny and interesting to write our own songs and then present them on this podcast and then um kind of feel bad for the rest of our lives yeah i was gonna say it. whether or not we think it's it's funny <laughs> after doing it that is a that's a different story oh um, yeah but yeah obviously jeff tweedy a famed singer songwriter for uh wilco wilco you know the, the all country alt rock indie rock band i never uh, even knew that they were like considered a country band in yeah, any aspect i honestly haven't listened i have a uh, yankee hotel foxtrot uh which uh I enjoy. I haven't listened to Wilco a ton, but what I've heard, I, I enjoy. I guess some of their stuff is more in the country vein. Uh, I'm just, I'm kind of. I've, I've never listened to anything by Wilco or oh, Jeff really? Tweedy. Um, but frankly, after reading this book, I really want to listen to some. Yeah. Um, uh, so he basically, I mean, it's a pretty short book. I mean, it, it's a smaller, like just structurally, it's a, it's a somewhat yeah. of a smaller book, and then page wise, it's. It's not even 200 pages. I think uh, uh, it's 158, which is is really short. It's definitely not like um, heavy reading. Just in terms of like, you know, he's very conversational uh, and very just to the point about, Mm -hmm. you know, what he's talking about here, which is writing one song, not two, not three, just one. (laughs) And it was interesting, like going into this, I wasn't sure uh, if that was just a kind of a a quirky fun title uh but it actually makes it's a really interesting point he makes and and the whole crux or the, i guess the the tldr version is uh the only way you'll, you'll ever become a songwriter the only way you'll ever start writing songs is just writing one song yeah uh, i mean and, it's and, it if you want to get all Dallas with it i mean you know the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step you yeah know? i mean that's that's exactly the approach he takes because he yeah. you know the main takeaway from this book that I appreciated is just, in a way, it was kind of a self-help book. I mean, he yeah. did, it was not nearly as corny or, as you would expect that kind of book to be. Um, and certainly, like, his style was, was just very fun, very loose, very casual. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't know much about Jeff Tweedy. I only have the one Wilco album that I've listened to and, and, and own. But just a really positive takeaway from who he is as a person, um, yeah. who he is as a songwriter, and that that idea of um, it's actually not difficult to write a song. As you know, we can talk about later when we talk about our songs, it's really difficult to write a good song, and that's yeah, that's a really yeah, important I, distinction that he. I mean, I, I I think he even says in it that like you know it, it's almost arbitrary at times whether it's good or not. Like I yeah. I. 
Like, I, I mean, I would argue that his point is that whether it's good or bad is irrelevant. Yeah. Like, the power of creativity isn't, you know, in anything else but the doing of it. Exactly. Um, and, and I think he tries to to really take that journey of, you know, journey of a thousand steps, uh, journey of a thousand miles, we could one, one step approach um, by saying that you can't go into it saying, I am going to be a great songwriter, or even just, I'm going to be a songwriter. You have to go into it, be, I'm going to write one song. And then when you write one song, you write another song. And as with anything in life, you will improve the yeah. more, you know, the more you, you do something like you can't, um, like he, he took back to his childhood where he decided he was going to be a songwriter. Um, and, kind of his is unpacking of that over the years um and really honing in on a songwriting process which i thought was fascinating because in a way when you when you think of the, the the typical artist that they you have um you know really odd schedules which he also has a really odd schedule yeah outlines. I, I like um, i i well, there's a specific chapter where he talks about his schedule and like I thought it was a typo I, at first. Like when it, I me saw, too. <laughs> I, was, I was like, what, twelve a.m. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> let me see if I can quickly quickly find it because when I was reading it, I was like, it, this must be a typo because when he talked about his <laughs> ideal day, um, but yeah, even though he definitely fit the artist trope of like working it out hours and just you know doing, you know doing your own thing, uh, it was kind of fascinating how we talked about a very specific structure of how he produces um music for wilco um, you know what was really interesting about this um and i i'm sorry ahead of time I, i'm gonna try not to make this about myself but i found it funny how my own writing process is eerily similar to his uh just in terms of like he's just building up a stockpile like mm -hmm. you know as he goes on every day without a break and i'm very much the same way mm -hmm. uh and just i mean i i think it's just cool to see that notion of somebody uh because i i think to add on to like sort of your you know the the, the standard stereotype of an artist is that like you know they're painstakingly working on this thing you know for weeks on end you know i i always think of like jack kerouac writing on the road in a, like a fucking week you know Mm -hmm. Of just like, oh, you're doing nothing but like just creative creating something like you have no other life. And that that's just not true. Like, to be fair, takes up a very big amount of Jeff Tweedy's life. But, <laughs> you know, he chooses that. It's not like he's following this thing, you know, off a cliff. Like, if he's tired, he's going to go take a nap, kind of. Yeah, exactly. And to that point, I kind of was talking about earlier... Um, he starts the section about his ideal, um, his ideal songwriting schedule, and the first time slot is eight p.m. to ten p.m. And that's when I thought I'm like, well, he must be an a.m. But then when you read it, no, nah, it it goes from eight to ten p.m., then ten to twelve a.m., twelve a.m. to three a.m. ish, um, then seven a.m. to nine a.m., and then it kind of goes to, kind of starts in a regular clip that you'd expect throughout the day, but um, it's. That kind of speaks to an interesting thing about um, he talks about ideas that he thinks about right before bed, and then you know kind of how that processes in his mind, you know, before he wakes up. And I kind of appreciated his. Sometimes when you read how an artist talks about their process or their um, their work, it's a little it's a little too fantastical. It's a little too um, out there for my my take. I kind of wish they'd give us more tangible details and i felt like he struck yeah. a really good balance there you know he he definitely um in like a tongue-in-cheek way he, he said like from you know 12 a.m until 3 a.m like now here's where like the mystical stuff happens or whatever and he worded it in in kind of a funny way like that but he also balanced it with like these are some really tangible very specific things i do to write songs like it's not it's it, it's not all like oh i just you know i just inspiration hit me and to that point i liked how we talked about yeah, sure, you can get just that aha moment and get struck by inspiration, but you kind of need to help move it along. Like, if you're just not actively engaging in the creative process and just waiting for something to hit you, uh, it might not be as successful as if you're actively trying to write something, even if it's not good, even if it, mm. you, know, you don't actually make a song, you just kind of fumble around with ideas. It's much easier. I mean, that's how when we get to my song, that's how 
the the music I wrote kind of came together. I just kept fumbling around on my bass, and something came to me. Uh, now, is it great? Uh, we'll we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah. But you know, <laughs> something came from not just me sitting there trying to like piece together a riff in my mind, but actually just you know fumbling around with my with my bass. Yeah, I I I really like. I think what I probably loved most about this book was that. I, I, you can apply this to any medium, yes, any creative yes, process, exactly. or really any work that you're doing just in general. Um, you know, it, it's a matter of kind of reading between the lines in some cases. But, like, you know, some are easy, like, some lessons are easier, easy, more easily learned than others. You know, um, I think just the act of doing something every day is, you know, I, it's something I see a lot whenever I read about creativity, which is something I really like to do. I actually find the creative process really fascinating um, just because I, I mean, I've been doing it for just, I mean, over like five years now and just like every day and I still don't understand it. And, and, and I kind of like that, <laughs> like that, that feeling that like I'll never quite understand it. But like it's a good thing, in a way, to not understand it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just I don't know. I, I I just find, you know, how artists make things and sort of the way they go about things to be, so, in some cases, almost more interesting than the art itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think it's it's stuff that you can apply to your own life, in just myriad of ways. Um, and it, you know, some some other funny parts were just like how he was talking about sort of like these exercises that he would come up with or, you know, just um, sort of, I don't know, it's just interesting to see how people do it, you know? And how um, a lot of the times there's sort of this aspect of surrender mm-hmm. to it, of just like, you know, he, he, he doesn't explicitly go into it a ton, but just free writing is just like, I it's amazing how many people do it with you know no no matter what their medium is Mm -hmm. you know you know for him he's just i mean i'm assuming he's just writing down nonsense you know and just like whatever comes out and then just kind of studies it afterwards and sees like you know if there's anything or you know maybe while he's doing it kind of finds a hook and just runs with it yeah exactly i mean when it comes to the song i ended up writing like the the title and and the main theme of the song was was something i I don't know, it was a phrase that popped into my head randomly that I just jotted down even before we decided we we're going to read this book. You know, sometimes I just I jot down phrases I think are interesting. Mm. Um, I, and... I, I, I do too, but they're often very stupid. <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to remember, the, the, there was a really good, good, dumb one that I had. I, I, I'm actually going to try to find it right now because um, <laughs> I always keep them around. But but you know what? I think to, to his point, talking about you know free writing. Oh, and, and... okay. They, um, sorry. Uh, bird cream. <laughs> bird cream. Bird cream. Hey, this that's, is, that's I, interesting. I, it, well, it was I um I was watching the dog and I fell asleep and she was next to me and for some reason the words bird cream just kind of appeared in my head while <laughs> I was taking a nap. <laughs> Uh, but you know, kind of this is an extension, like real world version of, of what he's. I think he's talking about, or at least my interpretation is. You know, when I used to be a journalist, I would just try to take meticulous notes. You know, word mm. for word. You know, some some people have different you know philosophies about taking notes and, and quoting people and whatnot. But in, in my view, the stories where I had, even if it was just like pages and pages of garbage and like crosstalk and just you know, notes that really never made it to print, being able to narrow it down and pick out the nuggets from that was always better than having, like, when interviews didn't go well and I had so little content to go from. Yeah, and it, dude, it, just like that that philosophy that it's easier to, to subtract than to add. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It's just, it, it's really, um, I'm assuming, you know, from, from his process, he probably has, you know, untold amounts of, of just random riffs he's recorded or lyrics mm. he's written and, and he even said that sometimes he's he's gone back and taken some riffs or there are lyrics and sometimes there's lyrics that he's just been sitting on forever and just hasn't found the right moment you know if, yeah. if you're just constantly which uh i, I should have noted the exact quote but you know he's basically the, the idea that inspiration is great and all and like that you know epiphany moment where just the create you know creative juices start flowing out of nowhere 
that's great, but it's a lot easier to get something going that's in motion. You know, it's a lot oh, easier yeah. to... Or at least if it's if it's already tangible to an extent. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I mean, I, I know there are times that, like, I have trouble writing in the morning, and I have just have, like, a whole folder of notes that are just random story ideas, and I'll just kind of flick through them randomly and just see if one kind of pops out more than the other. And, you know, sometimes I just don't bother and just go off the seat of my ass, you know? Yeah, so. but exactly. It's it's treating the creative process like like an active process and not mm. just, you know, waiting for the right moment. I mean, is it more likely to come up with a great guitar riff if you're just staring at your guitar meditating or if you're actually holding your guitar and trying to, trying to actively make something happen? Um, mm. But I, I really I want to double down on something you said where this really is... Um, it's obviously about writing songs and whatnot, but this is just a great um, outline of the creative process for any medium, uh, or really even just 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 work in general, or just any type of, of activity. You know, it, it really was fascinating how this was a self help book that didn't feel like a self help book. It, it kind of it felt mm-hmm. like he was just giving a really you know honest portrait of like this is what I do, this is what I think works, and it ended up speaking to a lot of um, just a lot of really interesting ideas that I I, I, I'm, I don't know like I, I didn't expect it to be um, I don't know what to, what I expected but I'm kind of so, glad with what I got I, I will say so when when I first started the book uh, I think there were a couple lines in the introduction that I was like oh so like Jeff Tweedy's like kind of a douche huh <laughs> and so like and I was like oh no like this is going to be the whole book isn't it no I I was very very wrong uh, there he's just he's such a down to earth guy that it's more like whatever I saw in his words was a reflection of my own douchebaggery <laughs> so like he just like and I mean I I guess just like the little I'm aware of now of his story, just like it kind of makes sense. I think, you know, just from being from like, you know, just in hell, basically. Yeah. You know, I, I think just you, 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 you kind of gain that experience after a while. Um, yeah. And, and I, mean, I think it's worth mentioning, too. It, it was just funny. Like, like, you know, a lot of it was just like goofy like and not yeah. like in a self-serving you know look at me i'm so goofy kind of way it was just like it was earnest yeah it, it was it was just genuine and just like this was just jeff tweedy just talking to me from the pages of a book yeah ab- uh, absolutely and i felt like it, this was obviously it was not nearly this extensive but uh, this is kind of a creative way to write a quick little Autobiography. I mean, he actually wrote a dedicated book about what happened around Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which which he talked about, um, which I do want to read at some point. I, yeah, I guess it's a, I, I guess it's more of like a general memoir, right? Yeah. But but yeah. but there is a documentary that's specifically around um, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Oh yes, that, that's um, right. Sorry, yeah, I I, I I got that confused. Um, but I I felt like this. In comparison to like his actual full length memoir, this was kind of a fun little, almost like a like a like a pre read to his memoir. Like I thought it was interesting how he wove in relevant examples from his life that were just you know interesting stories that it, tied into his yeah. work as a songwriter. And, and like that's the key word is that relevant because I I think very easily the scales could have been like kind of tipped in a different direction, and it could have just been like all kind of like me 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 look at me when i won my grammy etc yeah, exactly uh, actually has have Wilco won any grammys yeah i think so okay all right um, but like <laughs> it's kind of kind of i was trying to uh, remember the other book that we read last year when i was previewing this and i feel like that was something that happened a little bit with the radiohead book we we wrote about read about today is there were a few stories and examples that i thought were a little bit just yeah somewhat off topic but i, I feel like i i feel like that book is a little different. I mean, as is this one, but just like I feel like that book in particular wasn't exactly a book strictly about K Day as much as it was sort of about the culture that came out of that album. Sure. Uh, but anyway, just yeah, I like 
I, I really don't have any bad things to say about this thing. I, I think that it's like, if you're vaguely interested in writing music for yourself, uh, you know, or just going after like any creative process, like don't, don't read the artist way because you're just going to spend like three months uh, just going nuts. Um, I've been there, done that. Not fun. Um, <laughs> but just just pick this up. It's I mean, it's it's cheap enough. It's really tiny. You'll finish it in a day if you really wanted to. And it's just like, it, it's to the point. Yeah, um, exactly. I, I actually, I, I'm curious, what, when in the book did you start actually writing? Like, did, did you finish the entire thing and then start writing your song? Or Yeah, I, I always have trouble. Uh, I feel like um, that was why I always had trouble reading books for school is because whenever I would stop to take notes or whatever... Uh, that would always it would always take me out of it so mm. I definitely like when I sat down to write I had the book next to me and as we'll talk about there were specific exercises that I referenced and looked back to reread those sections but my first read was just a straight a straight read um, I, I, I did a few of those exercises more for the hell of it than mm -hmm. anything uh, I don't think anything I used like learned from those exercises or got from those exercises actually showed up in my song but um, yeah I mean so do you have anything else to say? Because, I mean, we're, we're at about 20 minutes right now. Yeah, uh, I guess the, the last comment I'll make is... Um, I, he really did a great job, and what I, what I appreciate most about this book, of just removing the mystique, I guess is what I want to say. Um, just, in general, just saying, hey, you could do this. You know, yeah. it might not be great. You're not going to write, you know, the Ninth Symphony. You're you're not going. You may not write, you know, write something that you even think is good right off the bat. But the important thing is that if you're interested, just try and see what happens. And then once you see what happens, you'll continue seeing what happens. You'll continue trying. And I think when I looked, um, you know, when I looked in, into this book, was googling around for music self help books. Like usually they're they're pretty extensive, pretty technical, can be pretty long. I thought this was just really easy to get into. I mean, it's so it's so quick to read. It's a fun read, and obviously, it's not going to give you deep. It doesn't give you any in depth like like how to read music or anything like that, or, or like but any any in depth strategy. I, but I think I, I, that's I think, kind of the benefit of it. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say because I, I mean, I've read a lot of books on like you know writing novels and things like that, and none of them have been helpful. Because they always have some sort of formula that you have to use, and, I, and you know that like, oh, if you don't do this, you're not going to get published, etc. Yeah. Whereas, Jeff Tweedy's just like, hey, you know, do this if you want. Uh, this is what works for me. You need to find what works best for you. Yeah. You know exactly. There, there are some overarching philosophical principles that he kept coming back to, which is, again, the title of the book is that you can't write multiple songs or be a songwriter until you write. One and this is this is in my opinion some things you should try or consider when you start doing that. But the yeah, most important exactly. thing is just try, set aside time yeah. and and do it. And, and I think yeah. that was another thing that um, I know we joked about during the week. Uh, like I had a busy work week, but I d I set aside time on Sunday uh, and Saturday. Saturday, like I set aside time just to really map out my thoughts, and Sunday I kind of you know put pen to paper and made it happen. Um, but it's like with anything in life. Whenever, usually, when people say I didn't have time to do that, what they really meant is, you know, this, this isn't exclusively the case, but I didn't make time for that. Yeah, um, like there was. There was a, it's something he even says. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's for the longest time, um, I didn't read nearly as much as I wanted to, and I've rectified that because I realized whenever I said I don't have time to read, I just chose to be on my phone or play Pokemon for the fifteen billion time. Yeah, um, and. It just wasn't accurate to say I didn't have time. I didn't make time. The, uh, I, that's always been a pet peeve of mine is when people are like, oh, I want to do this, but... And, and it's just like, no, no, no. There's no but here. You either do it or you don't care enough about it. Yeah, you know? exactly. There's, there's no harm in not doing it, but like just... Yeah. Don't, don't pretend that, and I'm directing this at myself, like, don't pretend, oh, like, there's no way I could possibly do this. No, that, that's that's bullshit. You just, there's other things that either, um, I mean, for me, it's the after work, it just take, takes those brain power to replay, you know, Pokemon Fire Red for, like, the fifth, like, I, yeah, like, I, I mean, like, it's, it's definitely nice to, re to relax after, like, you know, being, having your skull crushed by, like, late stage capitalism, so. But, but. 
the thing is, is is what makes you happy like if, yeah. if you think you'll find happiness or you have interest in writing a song make time for it and that, that was the thing with me is that I was like why am I replaying this game I've like played multiple times since I was like 10 years old <laughs> like like why am I not like I have all these books that I want to read and, and it just and with those it's kind of the same thing where I just I just finally one day like I put down my phone pick up, picked up a book and it just it's been a habit I've continued to nurture since um yeah and i've been really it, it's made me happy like it, it's it's it generally brought me joy that i'm not wasting time staring at the screen i'm actually diving into a hobby that i wanted to pick up for a while and i think that's kind of the crux of what jeff was trying to get across is that yeah you can no, do this you just totally have to want to do it it's not as difficult as you think it's going to be again as we'll talk about in a little bit it might be difficult to write a really great song but as long as you're happy with the process and it's something you want to do go for it yeah so i think given that um so as we just said we wrote our own songs um they're i mean i i know mine isn't great um but so right right now we're, we're actually going to take a brief interim where uh in post i'll actually be adding the songs we did um I'll probably put Scott's first before mine because that's just kind of how I do a lot of things when it comes to editing for this podcast. Um, and um, then we will be back to talk about sort of our processes behind the songs and sort of some other stuff that sort of comes up. So uh talk to you in a couple minutes. Bye. is passing it dwindles as you look burning in the chilled lair hold down touch of fire crisp snap of embers morning glory wooden choir smoky whiffs of raw air white birch stood alone Bark with every known shape An everlasting tone In a sprawling graveyard Who should miss me here? I can hear the ice shift Mere moments to spare I've... I thought about it I've thought about becoming an evanescing ball. I've let things get too far before. I've had an Aleph hell in my head all too often. They say to grasp is to let go. They say to surrender is to gain. They say stop by stopping, do by doing, but they never say how. Siddhartha picked up a stone from the river and showed it to Govinda. He told his friend that the totality of existence was stored in this cragginess. 
Chuzan held up his short staff and told his students not to oppose or deny reality. A finger ever pointing at the moon brought with its loss enlightenment. When can I donate a digit? When can I hear the river's laugh? How can I search without looking? I've thought about it. There's extension cord in the basement after all. But I keep going and begin to pry open my ears. I've thought about it. And maybe that's the fucking issue. All right. Okay. We're yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, oh, man. so who's so, going first? What, how, what are we doing? I, I guess let, let's talk about your song first um, because I, I could probably talk all day about specific things about my song um but i i just want to say i i actually really liked your song like oh, nice. genuinely really liked it like um it, it what i thought was the most interesting thing was your voice actually um was you you your singing style really reminded me of uh like almost like an ian curtis yeah. type of thing uh like I, in like I do not mean that in a negative way at all. Like, no, I love yeah. how it turned out. Um, I think the thing that surprised me was uh, that you're used to, you only used bass in it. Uh, for some reason, I thought you had an acoustic guitar around your place. I do. I don't know how to play it. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want to know? So, uh, can I go on, like, a very small uh, little tangent sure. very quickly? Because when I was a wee young lad... Um, I wanted to play guitar very badly, and so my parents one day got me like one of those little trainer uh, guitars that, that you get little kids who are trying to learn. Yeah. And um, guess what? I was so stupid as a child that I did not know that you needed to actually press the frets down to make a sound. <laughs> so I the only song I ever made, if we can even call it that back then, was me strumming up and down the strings and calling that climbing up the mountain. <laughs> so I love it. Um, yeah. So I all I have to say is you probably have a better grasp on it than than, than I do. So <laughs> yeah, I, I the I don't know. I think we were watching something. Like at some point, the just the idea of I can hear the ice shift. Uh, it might have been I might have just tweaked something someone said, but the whole point of the lyrics in the song stem from oh. that. Yeah, can we talk about this? Because so the lyrics that you provided, you have this graph underneath uh, this table. They, w what exercise were you using? Yeah, in so this? I mean, I kind of I clung to that idea, that theme of the ice shift, the idea of being like spring, spring is coming. Um, that was all I had going into it. Is you, know, you could hear the ice shift. You know, ice is cracking and melting. Um, you know, as we've had snow and then it's heated up. You know, where I live here in southern New Hampshire. Um, you know, hearing, you know, kind of like the dripping of the ice and whatnot, like that, that, yeah. that's, that's kind of where I was thinking. So what I did is I did a combination of a few exercises that Jeff had in his book being thinking of two, uh, well, he, he, what he did was think of like an idea and come up with a bunch of different words or variations that, um, go along with it and then just look around your room and find a bunch of objects and then like make a, a po poem from that. I didn't really want to do that because I had a very specific theme in mind. So, mm. you know, th this being something around change, then obviously winter, uh, I just did the word change, did the word cold, and then just put down a bunch of words that kind of fit those themes. Um, and then I liked what he said about just going, th picking up a random book and going through and um, just finding random phrases. So... I had a Robert Frost, I have a Robert Frost poem book. I just, you know, did a random number generator and just clicked it again and again and uh, went to the page, glanced over it, and then once a line stuck out with me, boom, grabbed it. 
Uh, and I didn't perfectly go line by line, you know, kind of using the, the words for change and cold in the Robert Frost book, the quote. Um, I kind of jumped around a little bit, but the lyrics came together really quickly. Like, I was really <laughs> surprised. Like, this, after I did this exercise, it took me maybe, maybe 10, 15 minutes to write this. Like, I was, it just, it, this was a really, really cool exercise in terms in terms of songwriting, uh, I, I it worked for me. Um, so, when you so th this was your only attempt, like you you didn't have any previous discards or anything like that, or like you, you pretty much just kind of put these lyrics together and then kind of just strummed around and found a riff that you really liked. Yeah, I mean, I I had I actually did the riff first, and that you know okay. I, I don't I don't have I can't read music I don't have much experience playing but like writing a bass riff in my opinion is pretty easy like you know, <laughs> is it great bass riff no and i was just toying around um because i knew i would only be able to put uh, i probably would have written something on piano or something but I, I don't have one at our house um so i was trying to think of um bass riffs that i really liked and songs that really revolve around bass so uh, i had death cap for cuties the ice is getting thinner and then the bass riff from all your belgian things by the mountain goats um and i think what i came out with actually sounds more like a discount fugazi riff um, actually yeah now that i think so, about it so in in regards of what, like in the sense of what i was trying to or what i was inspired by that uh, was a little bit of a miss just not even really close uh, but I think I, I I like the riff. It's it, it's it, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not my my favorite riff that I've come up with, but it's I'd say it's my favorite one I've recorded. But it's kind of the only one I've recorded ever. So, um, <laughs> and so I don't know if I if the like kind of the way I sang or the cadence of how I sang matched up perfectly. Um, but it kind of is like a weird folksy post-punk song in a way yeah I, don't know. The, the, I was just gonna say because it, it it had like it was like ian curtis trying to do a johnny cash impression at points yeah yeah that's yeah that is a really really good way to put it um but honestly i i kind of like it it was it was pretty fun i mean i don't uh, i i think that the obviously the recording could have been cleaner uh i think oh yeah I, but what did you did you just record it with your phone, or did you use the uh, the snowball? Yeah, microphone? I, I use the snowball. Uh, I don't know if you heard uh, uh, Basil made it made a cameo. Yeah, I, so I, I wasn't sure whether that was Basil or your finger accidentally uh, slipping one of the strings. No, it was it was my dog Basil. She uh, well, so you and you didn't put a feature. You can get sued for that, Scott. I I, I, <laughs> I honestly I, I was going to and I just forgot. But like I. <laughs> The, the, I mean, I had a few attempts, and every attempt, she either like you could hear her like her little her little Pete's walking on the floor, or you could hear uh -huh. her barking. So I was like, you know what, she's staying because I can't. <laughs> See, like, <laughs> that just makes it more endearing to me. <laughs> uh, like, I, I don't know, I, I I kind of like that how it just like you you're capturing not only the song but you're capturing the audio sort of around you. Like I, I, don't know, I, I just really like that. Yeah, like um, I, I kind of, I am, I'm not comparing myself to Fiona Apple in terms of like songwriting chops, but on on Vegetable Cutters when she has random, like her dogs barking randomly, uh, I, I kind of, I kind of like that. I kind of like the, the ambiance of like. Her. Didn't she, like I was reading that that the they like did like songwriting sessions by just like marching around like Fiona Apple's house and just like randomly playing instruments. That. Uh, I didn't read that specifically, but like that sounds yeah. totally on point. <laughs> yeah, um, but... playing her dead dog's bones and everything. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I thought this was fun. I mean, I mean, I I don't know, I don't know. I, I didn't so much enjoy the music aspect only because I'm I just am not. I definitely need more practice in that regard. You, but you mean just like like coming up with a riff. Yeah, like I, I like doing that, but recording it, I, I felt like I got the stage fright a little bit. I mean, definitely, yeah. me, me playing the riff, there were points where you could hear like I, I didn't keep the tempo um, that I, you know, I messed up. Uh, like the one specific thing was um, I wrote the riff where um, I played each note. Um, so it, it it was the A string, and you know I hit the fret, I skipped the fret up. And then you know hit that. Then I hit the A string open, 
Then I went up to the E and hit like the same like section of the guitar and hit that string, skip the fret up and hit that string. I don't, I don't know if that paints a picture. Yeah, but, I, I, I'm yeah, kind of getting weird. Yeah, but there were points where like I got a little, it could have been like overzealous, you could call it laziness, whatever, where I would slide from one fret to the other. See, so, so like that, that's what I thought that sound was of, of basil, actually. Yeah, I um, could see that. Um, well, because if you if you slide on a string, you will make a little bit of a sound. Yeah, um, and that that wasn't my intention. And then also the, the, I mean, I haven't used my amp for a while. Like I had to take it out of the garage, um, and the connection's really messed up. I mean, this this was something I got like in middle school. I wanted a bass. <laughs> my parent my parents got me like a starter set, um, so. There were a few points where I had to be if I hit the string too hard, it made like a really, like, like farty, like just like almost like over oversaturated sound. So yeah. I had to try to balance that. So I I didn't even think that you had your amp out. I I thought you were just recording it just dry. No, and I think that that's why that kind of speaks to how I was trying. To, I was trying to play pretty conservatively because when I was really trying to go for it, uh, it just it sounded it was way too. Um, like, I don't know if I was sitting too close to the amp. I definitely was recording in a setup that lends itself to the best sound quality. Yeah. Um, but, but on, on the songwriting side of things, I was shocked because usually I'm not one, you know, for, or I didn't think I, I was one for like writing exercises or whatnot, but this was, this, it was crazy how well this narrative kind of came together. And, and, and this, the point of the song being, um, you know, kind of the it's a little bit of like an eco warrior tale of like someone chopping down trees for winter you know like you know for their fireplace and just the you know the forest near their house is just dwindling and just like, mm. time after time um, and that narrative just really just came it just happened it just totally you know totally flew flew out flowed out um flew so, out flew out um, flew out but uh. Yeah, I, I I I give Mr. Tweedy credit. I I yeah. think this he helped open my eyes to something I never I never really thought I would sit down and write a, a song. And now I I I want to I want to learn how to how to play my acoustic guitar now. I kind of want to apply what I said earlier of you know not making time for something and saying that you're too, you know like just you don't have time. Uh, I want to make it happen because can, I, I, can I offer some advice in this area just. As someone who's been in the same position, just play it. Don't worry about getting a right scale or something like that. Like if you if you're really kind of stuck, just look up one single scale and just kind of riff off of it for a while. But just like, don't go overboard with you know having to like think they need to learn every key and every scale yeah. for every key, etc. Because you're just gonna drive yourself nuts. Like I have been practicing guitar every day um, since I think October of no probably September of 2019. Um, it like I I just fuck around like 99 percent of the time. I just pick a certain pedal like that I want to play around with, and I just play around. And like I feel like I've grown a lot just from doing it rather than making sure I'm in key or doing whatever because I like I end up kind of you, you end up learning the scales yourself in a way yeah um, I, I've always the reason I gravitated more towards bass is I've always been psyched out by learning chords like obviously with a bass you literally yeah. like you can, I mean, you could just stay on the E string and it, it, I mean it's like, you're not gonna make you're not gonna make a good riff but you can that's make the riff. history of punk bass right there I know <laughs> exactly you could I mean you could just stay on one string and just obviously it's just you know one big big string big you can press. do the same thing with guitar though yeah and like you really like i rarely play chords when i play guitar um like it's very very rare because i get intimidated by them too mm -hmm. but i feel like i've managed to kind of create something different out of not using them mm -hmm. um you know at, at some point i wouldn't mind learning them i mean i i know a few just from memory from just learning chord charts years and years and years ago but yeah, uh, just do it, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and I think I will because I'm, I'm more. Ironically, I'm gonna get more into playing, or I really want to get more into playing the guitar finally uh, because of the lyrics side of the thing, and also just because I've listened to more and more folk 
and I have an acoustic guitar and I enjoyed writing lyrics and you know focus all about storytelling so mm. I don't know, I'm, I'm definitely feeling more inspired by that I mean check back with me in a little bit and see if I actually follow through because I I, <laughs> I, I, I and no, I mean that's serious like I'm not trying to I'm yeah no no, no. I, that's the thing is is, is what, what, when you invite that uh, you invite me to be a judgmental bitch so <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, so speaking of, of judgmental bitches, uh, I think <laughs> I think you were being that towards yourself because I also loved your song. Uh, well, I I really really enjoyed the music, and I, I want to hear a lot more about how what went into that. Uh, but I realized I haven't read your writing in a long time, and these lyrics are fantastic. I, I love. Well, thank you. I like seriously. Th- this was. I love the. The portrait you painted, I love the the way you worded things, the the metaphors you used. This was excellent. Um, but if, I, I know a lot about you. <laughs> um, your writing and music writing process. So I'm I'm curious to hear more about both. But specifically, like how did you? What was the music in this song? Like how did how did you? <sighs> okay, did you make so. It? I should probably start at the very beginning for this. Uh, th- that's the only way this is going to make sense. Um, so. When I was thinking about what song I wanted to write, my first thought was hip hop. Like I was like, I'm gonna rap this thing because, <laughs> like, mostly because I hate the sound of my singing voice. And I realized the irony because I pretty much sing on every episode we've ever done. <laughs> um, but I consider that more of a joke when it comes to actually singing. I do not like my voice, and despite what Jeff Tweedy might tell me that I just need to deal with it. Uh, I cannot. <laughs> so, um, I like yeah. Do do as I say, not as I do. Let's just say that. So, I I really wanted to do uh, a hip hop song. So I was using a uh, there's an uh, iPad app called uh, Patterning that is kind of like a uh, a drum machine, kind of like this Euclidean drum machine. Um, really interesting i've had it for uh probably like a month now and it's just fun to use at times you can get some really cool samples but so i I had a couple beats lined up from that i ended up taking some stuff from like modular that i had uh recorded earlier Uh, i actually my goal so my my initial goal for all this was to not actually use modular at all uh because i pretty much that that's that's my instrument and i thought it would be a cool challenge to not use it um and so, you know, I, so I, I, anyway, so I was working on this hip hop song and finally I started trying to do lyrics and, um, I really didn't know what to do with them. And I felt like whatever I was making did not turn out well. And, uh, then I, I had the idea of, of ripping or, or not ripping off, but basically taking the flow from, uh, Salt and Pepper's What a Man and, and trying to use that to write lyrics basically as like you know just kind of like a focal point to kind of keep the rhyme scheme in some place instead of feeling like i'm doing like an old like golden age tribe called quest song mm-hmm. in a way with the dun 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 oh. um so you know that totally failed it was awful like i threw my notebook just against the wall in frustration and just was like losing my mind uh, at several points, so I stopped that, and I finally decided that I was just going to do a spoken word piece instead, uh, which is what this thing turned out to be. And um, initially, I, I wasn't really sure how, like, what to do for music under it, um, because you know it could be anything. Um, you know, I I thought about just having that, like, the hip hop beat that I had made, and just put that under it. But uh, I ended up just taking a um, like a couple of pedals and just making some really noisy stuff and just kind of doing like I I think I just recorded like a two minute improvisation and then just slapped that into GarageBand and just kind of started taking little bits out of it and just looping them under certain parts um, and yeah that was basically it. Um, and I just, I kind of hated it because I think kind of I hated myself for kind of giving up on the original idea. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I guess, um, 
if we want to talk about the lyrics here, they were just, I ended up just kind of, I, well, some of them I, I had kind of been juggling around when I was writing that hip hop song, but a lot of them were, I just kind of wrote them all down and just kind of said, okay, this is what it's going to be. Fuck everything else. Um, and that was just kind of how it came out. And I mean, a lot of it was just from a lot of frustration, uh, dealing with depression and anxiety as of late. Um, and so as a result, uh, it probably reaches some dark places that I probably wouldn't want most people to know about, but, uh, you know what? There we go. It's there. It's there for everybody to see. There we go. (laughs) I I think that makes for, I mean, I appreciated the emotional honesty. I think that makes for a a good song, makes for good lyrics is when you feel like there's some, some realness there. The... My, my biggest issue with this whole thing is just also thank you but um <laughs> i see like the biggest issue for me is that this is not how i make music um just because for me like music is a non-linear process or like to make it like when i usually make an album first of all i don't sing i don't put any vocals on my music normally I just go onto my modular. I spend 15, 20 minutes, uh, maybe even an hour. I just kind of build something, whether that is good or not. I don't really care. And if I think it's good enough, if I think it's interesting, I record it. And that's just it. Like it's, I, I, I like to do this type of songwriting that we've done here to like have to think about verse and chorus or etc or to even think in this linear manner is just i i just can't stand it frankly because it's not um because i i guess it's kind of how i write and i don't want to have to do more of that like how, how i write fiction i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> so just to do that more is just painful to me I, not to mention i just i i like improvising a lot more like mm-hmm. i think that there's I mean, part of it is definitely laziness, is that, like, I, like, the the time it takes to actually write, like, a regular song, I could easily just be improvising on guitar that entire time and enjoying myself much, much more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's kind of how it all kind of turned out. Um, I think if I did it over again, I would probably do a different, like, underlying uh you know like guitar take um you know just slightly differently because with with this one when i was playing this like i was relying on a lot of like um kind of the feedback and sort of the the extra noise that comes from like really cranking the gain on a fuzz pedal um so yeah (laughs) yeah i I mean that's I, I kind of get where you're coming from is that in terms of like I like just fucking around on my, my bass a lot and just randomly like you know plugging around seeing what comes out and you're writing some riffs but not really writing it down uh, but I felt a little bit more satisfied even though I was stressed out the entire time like in a way and just not like 100% happy with the final results but it, it, it's kind of cool to have written a song like I've, I've yeah. literally never I think I said when you know when we were just you know shooting the shit before the, we started recording, um, I like made some really rudimentary beats on FL Studios back in middle school. When my friend downloaded it, and I just you know got excited about it. Um, but like in terms of actually sitting down and writing a song, this was my first foray into it, and it was it's pretty cool. I, I I enjoyed it. Definitely the the process to get there was less fun or more serious, whatever you want to say, than just you know messing around on the base but it was its own kind of reward yeah um, no i i get that i mean i used to when i used to because i kind of did the same thing but i did with garage band way way back in the day uh and i would just like take like the loops that were made uh in garage band that like were already a thing that mm-hmm. you could use and just would just pile them on top of each other basically and call it a song yeah and actually there's still some of that that's on youtube uh if if people wanted to look i don't i'm not even gonna mention the title of it so you can't find it but um 
it's there. Like at least three songs that I made back in 2010, I think, are, are there on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, and they are awful, um, <laughs> <laughs> frankly, because like that was the last time I I really did like that kind of like linear process. Because mm -hmm. like I, I don't know, see like trying trying to explain it's like when I was a kid, I always loved building with connects, and like that's kind of the whole idea is that I I think with well, part of the reason I love using modular synthesis is that. I'm building a sound. Mm -hmm. I'm not building a song as much as I'm building like kind of like a sound environment where things can like maybe happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just like the, 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 there's more of an experimental nature to it in, in terms of like, I'm just kind of seeing what works and what doesn't and what does I end up kind of recording. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, so to, to do something very different from that is was very uncomfortable, and I think I might have just bitten off more than I could chew um, with this. But, you know, I'm glad I did it. I'm even more glad that it's done. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun exercise. And while we're sharing, uh, I don't know, cap this off with, with my own... I, I did record an album of short cyber grind tracks at one point um, oh my god yes i don't know if i could find it it's probably on like my parents old old laptop uh, <laughs> i really don't know if i could find it but my favorite part of it was i <laughs> i called it mental illness and then i i did the ill like capitalized almost like a, <laughs> ironically someone who doesn't like beastie boys that's kind of what i was i was going yeah, for I, was I know but and then for the cover i did did you did you know that White tigers often have like mental, like mental development issues. Like that's no. actually really, really common. Uh, I found a picture of, of a, a white tiger with, with, with like, with men, with like mental challenges, and used that as the cover to my album <laughs> called Mental Illness. This was me again. I just want to preface this. This is me in middle school. Like I'm horrified thinking back at like an actual thing that I did in my life, but. Um, yeah, that was, and it was a collection of like short, like cyber grind, like, like, you know, farty synths and like blast beats and stuff. Um, I'm sure if I was to do it now, it would be hilarious, but not like a, not. I, I, I just remember when I was making that music, I, um, I, I used the name was Omnicidal because I, I was obsessed, like, so I, I used to be, I think part of this was fueled by just severe anxiety in high school, but um, I was obsessed with the world ending in high school to the point that I printed out Wikipedia's entire page of post-apocalyptic scenarios. I don't think I ever read it, but, you know, to, to, to go through that action and to staple it and have it in your room available uh, kind of says something. But I was obsessed with this idea of omnicide, of like, that we're going to destroy ourselves mm -hmm. kind of um you know <laughs> so yeah it was it, it, i remember from my uh i did one ep that was like i took a lighter uh, like a picture of a lighter and photoshopped it and then just made the flames like i just pixelated the flames and i just thought that was the coolest thing for some fucking reason and like, oh, and, and you know, be, because this was in high school and I'm, you know, an angsty sad boy in high school, I, I had to have the, the A in Omnicidal be an Anarchy A. <laughs> so. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel like, you know, th thankfully, uh, you can't find a whole lot of that stuff. I mean, it's not easily found, I guess, because I feel like I might be tried for war crimes if somebody <laughs> listened to it. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So yeah. No, uh I I will say like like I said earlier, I, I really liked your song. So <laughs> Thank you. I, I I loved your song as well. It was uh I had a lot of fun with this. I mean this is is very different from not only anything we've done for the cast, but anything that we've done like ever. In general. Like, in, I mean, in I, my life. I, I know I'm always pestering you to like collaborate with me musically. Um <laughs> And and maybe like, this is the the kick in the kick in the pants that I I needed just to be a little ooh. bit more <laughs> a little bit more creative, um, you know, kind of kind of flex that side of myself. Uh, yeah, right. we'll see. Well, I, I, again, I will I will I will keep you posted on my progress. 
Yeah, yeah, because I'm all up for that. Uh, and, and then we'll end up just making this podcast all about ourselves instead. <laughs> <laughs> just us. Like, yep. this is our latest song. This uh, is our latest song. Go buy it. Please. Go stream it. Here's like, my, here's just, my just, band camp. Just stream troll this, please. We need the money. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. This podcast has been brought to you by MeUndies and our song. <laughs> oh, no. I, I don't... And I guess this is a sign that it's it's time to move to Alps yeah. of the Week. But, like, I genuinely do not understand MeUndies. Like, I don't... Like, I get the appeal of having, uh, like... Fun underwear, I guess, but like the, at the at the like, co- you mean funderwear, funderwear. But like, how much <laughs> they charge? I'm like, how can you have a ward? How could this be part of your wardrobe? Like, how? how I mean, couldn't how? you say the same thing about like women with lingerie? Yeah, sure, but at least that's I don't know. Like, like it, 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 <laughs> at least that looks good, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what, that's kind of where I was going. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So on that note, um, albums, albums of the week. week. What do you got? You know, uh, why don't you go first? I'm still trying to figure out mine, actually. Yeah, I, um, I, I totally, uh, I totally am not also trying to think of. of something. Yeah, okay. Um, if, if 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 that's the case, I can probably just uh, no. I, I oh okay. I, I I have one that um, you know when people say something's weird or experimental, uh, oh, there's a decent chance that it's not, or like it might be a little bit weird, but not like super. It's not as weird as they're making it out to be, but yeah, this is a really, really unique new post-punk album, and it's it's not like super avant-garde, but just it's it's just really eclectic, and I appreciate um, I appreciate everything they're trying to do and the fact that it works, and that is the new uh, Black Country New Road album for the first time. Uh, I guess this is a UK post-punk band that was making some waves and then the pandemic hit and they were actually supposed to release their um debut album quite a while ago but then it was delayed delayed and it almost sounds like there's some elements of like the national where you have that almost dark alt country feel like post the post-punk revival and then there's like klezmer jazz sections and uh oh what did you find this on rate your music no, actually, uh, Nick Nick recommended it. Um, okay, and you know, there's some you know almost post rock esque type sections. It, it's it's very eclectic and and very good. You know, I, I actually usually I kind of go through the the list of new releases on release day, but I just found myself listening to this a, a couple times through because I really, yeah, I mean, I couldn't really put my finger on what was coming next and it was it all worked and it wasn't too weird but also it was it still felt pretty unique so i i just vaguely remembered this being on rate your musics uh like top of 2021 uh and i just i remember seeing like klezmer in like one of the sub like descriptions and i'm like what like (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah i mean it's not it's not in every track and it's not like a pervasive influence but they're definitely as soon as it came on, because I also thought that was weird. I was like, Masada? Like, is that... <laughs> like, that was just the first thing that came to mind. So, yeah. All right. Well, interesting. I, I actually really want to listen to this now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I like I said, I, I'm just looking through all the stuff I've listened to, because uh, you know, I, I keep still keep track of shit. Um, but I had this on today, and I think I'm just going to talk about that. And it is uh, Moandishi by uh, Herbie Hancock. Uh, nice. So, for those who don't know, this this is kind of like the first of like a trilogy of albums Herbie Hancock did before uh, Headhunters, but like during Miles Davis's like whole electric era, I, I at least close to it. Um, and like these, so. The trilogy is uh, what Moandishi, Crossings, and then Sextant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I would say Sextant is still probably the best out of out of those three. But um, I I just haven't had this on for a while, and it's it's really great. I mean, it's it's super out there. Like it's really like experimental jazz. Uh, like it's kind of Herbie Hancock trying to kind of kind of like kind of riding that bitches brew kind of wave a little bit but doing it in his own way adding a lot more synths to things and just kind of having even kind of more of an abstract feel than even bitches brew um 
and it works. It's really interesting. Uh, I highly recommend people listen to just any of those, any of that trilogy, uh, because they're all really good. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a great little album. So sweet. All right. Well, we shall be back next week, and uh, we will not have our own songs next week. So you're <laughs> yeah. you're welcome. Um, <laughs> or or sorry, depending on how you like them. But I, I yeah, I, I feel like you'll. It might lean a little bit more towards, yeah, um, <laughs> more towards. That was a nice, but back to back to yeah. talking about music. More than... Are they going to do a regular episode next time, please? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.